Welcome to another episode of the Alias Forensic Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things information security. I'm your host, Teddy Underkoffler. Well, thank you all so much for joining me for this episode of Alias Forensic Secure AF podcast. Um, if everyone just wants to go ahead and introduce yourself, I know we have a special guest, Chris. So if you want to go ahead and start real quick, we can go around the circle so people can know names and voices. Great. All right. My name is Chris Boykin. Um, I work for FutureCom, and I am the uh, chief technology officer there. I've been there for just about 10 years now. Sure. And then I'll go next. Uh, this is Donovan Farrell. I'm the CEO uh, and founder of Alias Forensics. Um, I'm Andrew Noland. I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at Alias Forensics as well. Awesome. And then I'm Teddy. Y'all have heard my voice here on every episode before, so nothing too new. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. So Chris, you are kind of our special guest for the, the day, so thank you for joining us. Um, if you want to, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got into your current role, just a little bit about who you are. Sure. Um, so again, like I said before, my name is Chris Boykin. Um, I, uh, I started my career actually out at NASA uh, doing electronic uh, technician work, working on things that went up in the space shuttle and, uh, and ultimately to the space station. Um, worked in the government area for a while doing that, supported uh, desktops and servers and all that kind of stuff back then, um, and then jumped out of the government, went to the... Uh, went actually to the oil field um, out in the commercial world um, and did the same kind of support. That's where I learned uh, routing and switching, got my CCIE and did all that kind of fun stuff. Um, worked for a consulting company for a while where we were doing a lot of Cisco work, uh, route switch, and then security and voice both kind of became popular about the same time. And uh, I was given the choice. Do I want to start working voice over IP or do I want to start working with security stuff? Uh, made the decision to go the security route and never regretted it <laughs> because voice was just terrible. Uh, you know, people really love to have a dial tone and if they don't have it, they get really upset. Um, so uh, that company got acquired by a massive uh, Fortune 10 company and um, they started laying a bunch of people off. Me and a guy decided to start our own company. Uh, so in 2002, I started my own company called GotNet Security um, and uh, ran that for eight years. And then um, FutureCom purchased my company in 2010, uh, and I've been working for them ever since. So nice. uh, right now, my, my role at the company is I'm the chief technology officer. Uh, so I run the consulting side of the house. Um, all of the engineers and consultants that go out and do our, uh, our professional services. Uh, as well as all the internal IT and, and all that. And, and then we also work with, uh, with a lot of different vendors and sell products and security and networking type of solutions. So I oversee um, the entrance or the vetting of that, you know, to see, determine which kind of products make the most sense and what we're going to be trying to sell. So that's what I do in my current role. That's awesome. Yeah, Chris, I appreciate you coming on. I didn't realize uh, that you had the experience at NASA. I don't know if we've ran across uh, that part of your uh, history. 
in concert. Yeah, I wasn't a rocket scientist or anything, but you know, it always sounds cool to say you worked at NASA. Oh, I yeah. did work on the stuff that went in the rockets, so that was cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> rocket man. Yeah, my dad was actually uh, my dad actually was a rocket scientist. Um, so yeah. he uh, he worked there his entire life uh, from the time he was eighteen. He started. Uh, as an intern there while he was in college and um, actually retired there when he was 55 years old. And he was a rocket scientist and helped build the shuttle and the space station and all that kind of stuff. So, awesome. yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's very cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about FutureCom? So kind of uh, what FutureCom does day to day, just different things like that. Right, sure. So uh, FutureCom has been around since 1991. Um, they were founded by a guy who's still part owner of the company, but no longer uh, participates in the company right now. But uh, he uh, started the company with focusing on McAfee, if you can believe it or not, uh, which at the time was actually Network uh, Network Associates, I believe was the name of the company back then, before it was McAfee. Um, and at one time, FutureCom was the biggest reseller in the U.S. of McAfee. Uh, since then, it's, it's expanded over the almost 30 years that we've been in business. It's expanded tremendously. Uh, we put a huge focus on uh, security, now, you know, coined cybersecurity. Um, and uh, so our main focus is cybersecurity, consulting, and cloud. Uh, we sell solutions, uh, so there, that includes products and services. Uh, to our clients, and our clients are all over are all over the world. They're uh, big companies, small companies. You know, they run the gamut. Uh, and we we sell cybersecurity solutions, we sell networking solutions, uh, and we sell uh, performance type of solutions. And then the team that I run, as I said before, is, is the consulting branch of the company, and that's our real focus is doing consulting. So anybody can sell you a box, especially nowadays where everything is just uh, you know commodity stuff now, um, but not everybody can perform services in an excellent way. And so that's what we really pride ourselves on. And we get our repeat business and is why we've been in business for as long as we have is because we focus on doing excellent uh, consulting services for our clients and they continue to use us over and over and over again. Yeah, and kind of attest to that. So um, at Alias, so we did a lot of vetting for um, a lot of quote unquote VARs, right? So people that read uh, sell equipment, stuff like that. We specifically don't at Alias, but you know, we had FutureCom come on and it's been a really good relationship because you actually do the consulting. Yes, you sell it, but you actually know how to support it. You actually been in the business. It's, it, that's a significant difference between a lot of other companies that want to be a part with Alias Forensics is these guys actually know what they're doing. Um, if I'm going to put my stamp on them, um, I trust them to go out and I don't have to babysit them or worry about them just hiring someone off the street who just sells stuff. That's not what we want to do. We actually want to have a pro quality product and that's why the relationship has been awesome. And kind of, I just want to add to that because that's a value in the industry that I think is missed all the time. Everybody wants to sell a Palo Alto and get their cool little, uh, you know, their uh, ice award, you know, from their, <laughs> their, their yearly thing. But, that doesn't mean they know what they're doing. They know how to sell a product. They know how to convince people to buy something. That doesn't actually mean they know, they know what they're doing. So I'm very proud to have them on as, as a part of the team and kind of wanted to kind of ice that to uh, kind of explain the relationship between us and, and them. And I know Andrew probably has some good feedback on that as well. Yeah, and to that point, it's kind of crazy how we met because, you know, we, I uh, specifically was on building a channel with a partner like FutureCom and it just seemed like every time things would get going well and then 
we would start vetting those companies and something just wouldn't feel right or they would drop the ball on something here or there and how we actually met futurecom was at a cybersecurity conference we just happened to be booths right next to each other didn't know you know each other yep. never heard of each other at that point and then just kind of started talking about uh what you guys do and you know some of the clients that y'all have and figured out we had a lot of synergy there and you know it really just kind of ran from that point and very very lucky to have you guys as a trusted partner for us man yeah absolutely yeah, i appreciate that guys and uh the feeling is mutual i mean this has been a great partnership to work with you guys um you know we in the past uh the type of work that you guys do for us we had used a, a company out of texas and um and they were okay you know they they did an okay job for us um then you know before we met you guys we actually decided you know they weren't doing as great a job as we wanted so we tried to do some of it ourselves, uh doing some of like the red team testing and those kind of things and uh we thought well we're okay at it too <laughs> we're not <Yeah>. great <laughs> and uh you know, once we met you guys and found out, like, this is what you focus on and, like, this is your gig, right? Then we're like, okay, we're going to try these guys on the next one. Because the other time we did it, it was pretty nerve-wracking. I mean, like, I did part of the social engineering stuff myself and another one of my guys. And, you know, we were about we were about spent at the time that happened. We were, like, nervous as crap. We're going to jail and, you know, all this stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and then we hired you guys in the very first job, guys. You knocked it out of the park, you know. And so it was like, okay, these are the guys we're using forever more yeah this these guys rock so um so i appreciate the kind words but i mean right back at you because you guys are awesome as well thanks man yeah yeah, yeah of course yeah. well that feels like a great natural segue into talking about what are some good case studies that we've worked together like what are some of y'all's favorite times we've came together and just say like blown social engineering out of the water Man, I would say probably uh, one of the first ones he's talking about is where we um we had uh, one of my favorite quotes from one of their clients was, uh, listen, we were doing social engineering engagement. The goal was to basically ascertain access and also um, drop duckies inside the corporation to exfil, uh, exfiltrate data to um, show how easy it could be completed. And we we had this. Uh, her name is is not Pam. I found out, but uh, we call her Iron Wall Pam, and that's what she's called. Or I have no idea. And she was <laughs> upset because it was it was a locked venue that there was a a desk. You had to phone call somebody. Two locked doors, and and we finally got her to come out. Uh, we had one person come in and say that he was looking for someone for an attorney who had a because he had a Dewey, a DUI, and he's like, listen, I got to talk to his attorney. Um, I was there because I was demanding. I had an interview with one of their VPs that I knew was in a different area. Yeah. We had another guy who said he was there for a, an inspection, uh, a, a, a fire inspection. And she was like, listen, I don't do this. This is ridiculous. You guys' claims are out of control. In my 20 years, I've never done this, and I won't do this today unless you guys are escorted. And it went on for like maybe 30, maybe 40 minutes, and she – Got a hold of the maintenance company. We had a work order that had the maintenance company. How did we find that? We looked for the. We looked up the 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 building, who actually managed the building. Took their logo, put it on a piece of paper, and had a work order signed by. <laughs> we'll say, Peter and Bob. We said, listen, Peter and Bob, sign this piece of paper. I'll call them right now if you want me to. She's like, don't call them. We'll call someone to escort you. And we're like, we're super busted. So she yeah. called someone. And uh, that guy just totally escorted us all the way around. 
I was able to piggyback in and uh, we, we uh, uh, basically took over the whole company. And we also dropped one of my favorite. We dropped a ducky uh, covered in the CFO's papers and he plugged in because he thought that he had, um, he had it was his. And then they <laughs> email out later. <laughs> so, and we found these these USB sticks, uh, whoever they are, let me know so we can return them to you. And this the, the Iron Wall Pam had plugged them in multiple times and heard a machine. Uh, but it was very successful and uh, everyone um, happily understood that it was a security thing, but it was also fun a good learning experience. Um, no one was upset about it. I would say that was kind of out of the gate. Um, just first thing and it was it was actually it was really entertaining. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good one. And you know, one of the ways that we work together well um, is we have complementary services, right? So um, these guys, you know, you guys are really good at the red team, the physical pen testing, the social engineering, you know, the getting in places you're not supposed to and whatever. Um, whereas my guys don't have that kind of experience and aren't, aren't as uh, good at that, right? But what we can bring to the table is once we've identified their holes in these issues, right, we have an entire program around human security and how to get these people to be better so that hopefully next time you guys can't get in, right? Um, and so we've built this entire program um, using, using you know, tools that are available, um, you know, out there in the market, you know, for security awareness training and all that. But we enhance it by doing uh, in-person uh, seminars for the companies. We do campaigns within the company with posters and games and all kinds of stuff. So we build an entire program around getting the people involved because the last thing a person wants to do is just sit and watch two hours worth of videos, you know, and most companies don't see it as the as something to do on a regular basis. Either they just do it once a year and they're done with it, right? So our program, we do that. We do after after we've finished um, doing those kind of things, right? And then we send them uh, fish emails, you know, to test and see if they've uh, if if they're if any of the stuff's retaining. And you know, we have a repetitive uh, way of going going about this with them. And so you know, we get you guys to come in do the physical side. We come in and do the training side and help them with that. And then the testing side around you know emails and, and voice phishing, you know, vishing that kind of thing. Um, and so that that's what's been really good, I think, with our relationship. Yeah. is just having the complimentary services like that where you guys get to do what you're really good at and enjoy doing we get to do what we're good at and we enjoy doing and uh you know it's just worked really well for us yeah yeah and kind of add to that sorry i'm cut you off andrew but it's like you know so we, so a lot of people like don't understand the, the vulnerabilities what we do is just we're just generic people just humans showing the vulnerabilities you guys come in and kind of clean up to make sure the house is secure make sure everything's going and that's my biggest thing all the time i always talk about how People are like, we're really secure. I'm like, but how do you know? They're like, we don't. I'm like, exactly. So even if you had a breach, would you even know people are stealing your data? They're like, nope. I was like, unless you had like a red blinking light that said you're under breach, you wouldn't know. So us exposing that and showing them via video and audio, and then you guys coming in and actually securing the company has been the most rewarding. Um, I would like to talk about like one last thing um, when, uh, with all due respect to people that, that smoke, but Andrew, when I made you smoke, maybe a, a few <laughs> fake cigarettes, talk about that one. And then I'd really like to talk about the relationship build behind that from the, the factoring company and kind of how we cohese that. Let's talk about that one first, the social, and then I'd love to talk about how we've been able to build a full security platform for that company. Um, they're way over a billion dollars, and I'd really like to discuss that. I think that's super important for a lot of companies and how they can kind of benefit from that. 
Yeah, well, I wanted to add one last thing to that uh, first case study we talked about is, you know, that's been a repeat customer for us on the social engineering side, but you could see how much they improved from, you know, the shell shock of us getting in that first time to FutureCom coming in and, you know, training them up on, hey, this is these are things you got to be aware of. This is how they were able to, you know, break your protocol and get in that way. I and mean, it was difficult. They actually took Ironwall Pam out of the equation for the next one because they knew she was going to shut us down. You know, we were going to yeah. be able to get it twice. And so, you know, I think that's a good testimony to the uh, quality of the training you guys provide. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. But <laughs> going back to, I, I want to say those engagements that, that uh, first case study and this uh, second case study where it happened about the same time. And it was another one where we were given, you know, the physical address of the company but they were in a tower. So we had no idea what the suite number was. They had a suite on the bottom floor. Um, Donovan, you and I actually dressed up the first day to try and serve some papers to this client just so we could figure out what the heck's going on, how we can get in. Cause it was, you walked in, there's a security guard sitting right in the middle of the lobby. Yeah. Their main office or what appeared to be their main office was right there off to the side. And there was another security guard behind that door. And so we were just, you know, at a loss for, yeah. okay, how do we do this, right? And, and, that, and that law firm was Hamlin, Hamlin, and Hamlin, which was which is from one of my favorite Breaking Bad segments. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just want to throw that out there. It was great. Yeah. We, we didn't say we were serving anything. We had these documents that had a number on it and said, we need to get these to the people. And then when they said, you can't, I was like, okay, can I get your legal name? I'll write it down. Because yeah. <laughs> I will tell, I will tell <clears throat> my officer that you declined. And they were like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I just, that was that was my favorite part. But yeah, and it was you know just uh, all of that information we were just able to get off of open source resources. Uh, we were uh, like people's uh, employees for that company on LinkedIn. You know, showed that they worked there, showed that they worked in the same town and everything. And so that's how we were able to come up with that portion of it. So we were able to get legitimate names of people that worked there or had worked there. And so you know they didn't really know what was going on. They just knew that we were coming for some of their employees. And uh, my favorite thing is when we went in and they really got confronted by, I think it was their HR manager that said, guys, there's no way y'all are getting to the 14th floor. Nobody's allowed up there. Like, this is crazy. And well, at that, lo and behold, we figured out our target wasn't the first floor main office. It was up the tower a bit. So <laughs> yeah. that was really cool. And I mean, I think my favorite part of that was that it was a, almost like a, three-tier process for doing the reconnaissance on them. We scoped the building. We went in with one attack, had to pivot because that attack got shut down, but we were still able to get information out of that. And um, I know we had a couple of engineers get in there, but my uh, key to getting in there was I had learned a trick from a friend of ours out of Wichita who does a lot of this type of red teaming and social engineering stuff. And it was that, you know, if you want to get in anywhere if you want to scope somewhere out without anybody you know wondering what the heck you're doing you know, get a pack of cigarettes yeah you know, people are, are going to leave you alone they're going to let you mind your own business so um you know donovan was like okay well we're going to go uh, we're gonna get some cigarettes and we're going to figure out how to get in there and um i went and hung out in the smoke pit started listening <laughs> to the conversations that the people were happening or uh, that were having about uh, what was going on with their day and what had happened then and um figured out that they were talking about some customers that sounded a lot like the client base of the people we were going after and 
was able to just follow him up the elevator, scanned nice. my badge that didn't get me in, but it beat when I put it on the uh, badge reader and you know, it was over from there. <laughs> they even had a server lunch and we made us a few plates to eat while we were with the staff. So oh I went and fit in perfectly. <laughs> it was they had some barbecue chicken and yeah. some macaroni and cheese. <laughs> had to blend in, man. You had to blend in. That's awesome. <laughs> so did you actually have to smoke or did you just stand out around there acting like you're smoking? Camel Crush, I still remember yeah. it. The best. Yeah. But you didn't inhale. You didn't inhale. So. No, didn't inhale. <laughs> you didn't inhale, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, kind of having to that, kind of having the balances, we're able to prove the vulnerabilities and have, you know, the kind of future come come in and clean up behind that and actually show them that it does happen. If it hasn't, it probably has already happened. Yeah. And just show that there's vulnerabilities. A lot of people, which I always say all the time, and we work like in this industry that's like smoke and mirrors, and no one really believes it until there's tangibility. So, uh, for C-level employees um, or even managers, um, yeah, they know it exists, but until they see it on a video or until they hear it in audio, now yeah. it's, now they're concerned yeah. because now it's a risk. Plus, they've been put on notice, and that's like a political slash legal slash hey you've been put on notice you've been legally notified that this is an issue now they have a duty to resolve it and that's a good thing right because we can't be so vulnerable that everyone can take over a business and that's 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 bad for business and then yeah. uh, um i guess the last thing is i want to talk about like the um the factoring company right uh kind of how we kind of got involved with that we had a company that that needed kind of a ground up they needed a full like operation that um we supplied and futurecom supplied is uh they, they didn't know where they're at they were a company that were that was exploding um they needed like hey what are we doing we did a risk assessment for them like what are our risks um one risk was everyone on the it team knew the domain admin name and it was very close to the company name which was terrifying so that's <laughs> good to note yeah. secondly they didn't know that their email was routing through some it guy who did it work for them in like 1999 still happening Nice. Also good to know, gets the pen test. So we were able to, you know, kind of bring those to their attention, evaluate the staff. We go on point and say, hey, what do you handle data? How do you handle it? Um, an accountant says that they do uh, backup copies every day to a USB stick and they take it home. So uh, that person was not supposed to be doing that. We were able to kind of effectively shut that down. And then the, the last part was they had no infrastructure. Um, alias, we, we don't do infrastructure. We don't do, again, we just, we just that's not our jam. So having FutureCom come in and build the infrastructure out because it was a scramble. They had upgraded their building. They went, I would say, probably from like 3,000 to like 10,000 square foot, maybe even 20,000 square foot in that mm -hmm. building. Does that sound about right, Andrew? Yeah, it's substantially yeah, larger than the previous location. Yeah, so they had massive infrastructure and they had no security. I think I think they may have had like a, a Barracuda that was out of like warranty. Um, so they had to come in there and pull that full infrastructure. And uh, kind of what they did was, is again, we don't do that. So having them build the infrastructure, help also like facilitate. Um, I believe in that case, we we'll use Palo Altos. They were doing for that one. A couple other issues. They had to migrate from some old, old, old ASAs. And they were able to do that. And I kind of want you to kind of explain, uh, like, kind of like co-pilot, like how you guys, what that service yeah. is, how you guys took that over. And on, I haven't heard any complaints and they've they've loved it, um, in, in my opinion. And I'm happy to have you guys on that project because um, they don't bother me, which is great. <laughs> and they're happy. So I'm happy. So please explain that program. I think it's great. And I yeah, think sure. it, 
yeah, something that should be heard. Yeah, so we uh, we have a we have a solution or uh, a uh, service that we offer called Copilot, which uh, really is built for companies who have either new IT staff or they just don't have enough IT staff, but they have some. Right. So they don't want to fully outsource what they have because they want to keep some some semblance of control um, of their of their infrastructure, you know, their security or networking infrastructure. Um, but they know that they don't have the ability to continually upkeep it and keep everything going with it. They just they haven't been to training. They don't have the experience. They don't have the time, whatever it is. Um, so really what we do is, is, you know, the reason we call it co-pilot is because they maintain being the pilot, right? So we simply act as the co-pilot. So they, they do all the changes, they do all the control, they do everything that needs to be done. They write the policies and do it all. And we're there as the co-pilot to help them out. So what we did in this case, it was Palo Altos and they, we came in and I think somebody maybe had just left the company or they had some new blood there or something was going on. And they were like, Hey, we don't know how to run these Palo Altos, you know, and we know they're probably out of date. They've got these different, um, you know, codes on them. We need to, we need to get VPN stuff working. There was a whole lot of different things they needed done Had no clue what to do. Right. Um, and so what we did, you know, we have expertise there. So we came in, um, and a part of our co-pilot program is we do an initial assessment to see where they are and what's going on. We do a security assessment of their rule base and see, make sure they're following best practices, make sure they don't have any holes or anything that's, you know, security, um, issues. Right. So we do that. Um, and then we help them do upgrades. So we found out they were about four and a half re revisions behind, <laughs> um, uh, major revisions, right? So we we help get them up to you know the the newest revision that made sense for them, right? Um, and then we help them in developing uh, policies and things for going forward to make sure that it's easier for them to maintain. Um, so you know part of our program is is all of those things I mentioned, right? So we make sure they're upgraded uh, at least once a year. You know if if there's emergency patching, security patching comes out, then we help them in doing the upgrades there. Um, we do the we do audits on their policies uh, two or four times a year, depending on which way which way they've signed up with us. And then we're also there for any kind of questions and things they have, stuff that you don't get out of um, you know maintenance and support. Like you know you could buy any vendor out there, you could buy their support, right? And that's for break fix, right? But when you just need something done, like, hey, we've never configured a site-to-site -site VPN before, I need help doing that. Um, then you don't call support for that. You call support when you have one that broke, right? So this yeah. gives them ability to call our experts and say, hey, how do we do this? We've never done this before. Um, you know, or we're thinking about this. Is this the best way to do this? So we're here as a sounding board for them. Uh, we're here as advisors for them. And then what we do is we can, we can full on give them all the configs and everything, or we can just babysit them and walk them through the steps to do it. But we always let them drive. Right. So they're always the one behind the keyboard and the mouse so that they're learning the whole time. Um, the goal of our program is usually has to do with when they get a brand new product in or brand new people. And the goal of our solution is after the first year, we hope that they're up to speed enough to where they can just keep rolling with it. But if they're not or they just want us to stay in it, because like I believe in this case, we're on year two or three already with these guys, because they they just haven't backfilled the staff enough to say hey we need we have the full time people to do it so they continue to use us for that they get their assessments they get their upgrades and then they get advice from us on a regular basis 
And it's been, it's works very smoothly. And we do that with multiple different uh, vendors that are out there, all the major firewall vendors, some of the switch and, and router vendors, um, wireless vendors, those kind of things. So um, it's, it's been a great program uh, for us and our company, just being able to provide that expertise to them um, without them losing control. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'd like to add a kind of thing is you guys can kind of tell from seeing my speeches and presentations, the reason, one of the biggest reasons we, um, you know, work with FutureCom so much is we believe in empowerment. Like we don't just try to like get this. We have a business, we have, you know, we have employees to pay all that stuff, but we actually try to teach you and we're there to help you. You know, we're not here just to, just to hoard all this information. We're trying to educate you, guide you, show you kind of the way that you're supposed to do it. You know, we give best recommendations. I mean, cause this is what we specifically do. Yeah. I'll also add to that. They, uh, and Chris may not even know this. We, we actually had another. They bought those palos from a different vendor who actually just and they were one of the top Palo Alto resale vendors in the this area. And they totally ghosted on the implementation. So mm. um, they were able to step in and be the, you know, top Palo Alto crystal award, whatever. Those guys are mostly garbage trash can because they're, they don't know what they're doing. They're actually just selling you a product because they sold you. They're not actually they don't care. It's all about yeah. numbers and they don't actually care about the quality of the business. They don't care about the consulting and they don't care about the longevity of your business. That's why here at Alias and FutureCon, we do care about your business and we want to take care of you. And we also want to empower you. If you can't fill that staff, that's what we're here for. You segment us, you you know, sub us. Yep. If you need us, that's great. If not, it's cool too, because either way we have a great business and we're going to be here tomorrow. So I just wanted to kind of kind of encapsulate that because that's been the mantra that I've seen from their group and from our group. And that's why we're a great fit for each other. Yeah, and adding yeah. to that, I think there's a lot of vendors that feel like the knowledge that they have is the power they have over their clients, and they're yep. never willing to share that. They want to keep it close to the chest. But I found, you know, in um, Chris, I'm sure you guys have found this too, that the more information you give and the more helpful you are with the clients, the more responsive they are and the more they lean on you for advice and for things like that like they're, they're going to come to you for their next issue because you were so helpful you weren't trying to you know right hang yeah. it over their head how much smarter you are and how how bad they right. need you and all that you're, you're like hey, we're here to help you when you need us but at the end of the day we want to help you guys help yourselves too yep. yeah 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 case study in particular is really cool because uh, we have our Spark Insight IPS in it and that's the device that we monitor that's within the network. You guys have um, you know control and make sure that the firewall stays up to date so that we're not having to deal with any unnecessary traffic coming through ours and then all of it's logged within a SIM tool uh, that they have and so they have all the logs if they ever have an incident or if they ever need to do any investigation themselves so it really is um, a great example of the different layers and how we complement each other through that yeah 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 it's been a great client for both of us i believe so it's been good and then i guess teddy any wrap-ups we can finish up on this well i was gonna say chris is there anything else you wanted to kind of talk about that we might have missed um, well, I mean, you know, really just in general, I mean, um, I think I miss the fact that we're in Texas and that we, uh, you guys are in Oklahoma, <laughs> but, uh, we're based in Grapevine, Texas, right there in the heart of Dallas, Fort Worth area. I'm actually out of Houston. Um, but we've got, we've got people all over, all over Texas. And we have one guy up in uh, Oklahoma city, which I've, I think is where we met you guys at the conference, but I don't remember, but, yes. um, you know, but we do, we do business all over the United States and, and, uh, you know, our companies 
that we we do a lot of Fortune 1000 companies that are you know global. But um, you know we've again, like I said, we've been around for almost 30 years now. You don't stay around as a company for that long in the in this kind of business unless you've got um, some game, right? And so. Mm-hmm. We really do pride ourselves on our services. We get repeat business all the time because of our engineers. The longevity of the of my team, um, you know, is huge. You know, we don't have a lot of turnover, um, and so I've really enjoyed being part of this company and being able to to work with the guys that I work with and the gals that I work with because we've just, you know, it's it's a good team and we do good work. Um, and then when we found you guys, it's like, man, this is just perfect. Just same kind of culture, same kind of attitudes, you know, the same kind of drive to go out there and say, hey, we want to do what's best for our customers. And that's what we do. Right. I mean, like literally when you were talking about that, how uh, we don't just shove stuff down their throat or whatever, just trying to make the sale of the day or whatnot. Right. Um, we always take that consultative approach. Right. So um, I remember one time when we were working with this big energy company down here in Houston um, that we did a bake off, a product bake off with them. And there was four different this was, you know, years ago when it was VPNs were the big deal. Right. Everybody had to, which is now a big deal again <laughs> because of what we're going through. But when that was a big deal, right, it's like these VPN concentrators and all this stuff. And so, you know, we had we had four different vendors out of there. Three of those vendors, we actually carried the product. Right. One of them we did not. We did a legitimate bake-off. They paid us to do the bake-off because they said, we want it unbiased. We want you to just run it. We want you to coordinate it. We want you to keep the hounds off of us, you know, all of that stuff because, you know, they, they once they smell a sale, they're all over it. And so we did just that. In the end, the product that was best for that customer was the one product we didn't sell, right? Mm-hmm. And we recommended that product. And we said, hey, that's the best product for you. Right. So I recommend you get that product. Well, but you don't even sell that product. You're right. That's why this was unbiased. And I'm telling you, that's the best product for you. We'll miss out on that. I'm not worried about it. Right. Because this is what you need. You're the this is what your company needs. They bought that product and they've been a customer and they didn't buy from us, but they have been a customer of ours for over 15 years now because of stuff like that, because we didn't worry about making the sales like, oh, we're going to push one of the three that we do. Right. Mm-hmm. They trusted us from that point on and said, we're going to call you when we need help. And that's what happens. Right. And so it's all about doing the right thing for the customer. And I think that's what that's what I enjoy about FutureCom. That's what I enjoy about Alias and the way that you guys were, because it's not about just making the dollar or pushing the thing. It's it's about doing what's right for the customer. And that's yeah. what we're all about. Yep. That's perfect, man. I couldn't have said it any better myself, Chris. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Chris, Donovan, Andrew, thank you all so much for joining me remotely for this podcast episode. Uh-huh. Okay. Good times. See you, Teddy. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Uh-huh.